the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. And now, Hands on History with Heather Darcy. Hello and welcome to Hands on History. I am Heather Darcy. This, of course, is a segment of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast where we look to speak with people who work in the field of history in non-traditional ways, or at least maybe not in the most obvious ways. And today I'm very excited to say that I am joined by Sarah Somerville of Shaw House. Welcome, Sarah. How are you? Thank you. Yes, I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? Doing well. So tell us about how you became involved with Shaw House. Yeah, so um, I began working in Heritage over 10 years ago now, and um, that involved a lot of volunteering at the start alongside my studies. But firstly, then I worked as a tour guide at Highclere Castle, um, which many people will know as Downton Abbey. Um, I was then there for about seven and a half years. I worked in the public opening department for quite some time after I graduated. Um, And then I moved to Shaw House in 2019. So I've worked here ever since. And I'm the visitor services officer here. Did your education line up with what you're doing at Shaw House? Yes. So I studied museum and gallery studies at university. So that was a big combination of art history, history, conservation, all of that sort of thing. So it was good preparation for working at Shaw. So what is a typical day like for you at Shaw House? Well, that's why I like it, because it's very varied. Um, So my role, although the term visitor services officer is quite broad, so it covers a lot of different things. But my main um, responsibilities are the events management here. Um, I also organize the children's activities. So there's a lot going on at Shore that we're involved with. So one minute you're um, you know, organizing a Christmas fair, the next you might be doing an afternoon tea, and then you might be doing a tour. There's lots to keep us busy, and that's why I like it. What can you tell us about Shaw House itself? Shaw House is an incredible example of Elizabethan architecture. The house was built in 1581, and whilst the internal architecture has changed quite a a few times since that time the external architecture is very much the same as it was in 1581 so when you arrive here you're met with a a huge h-shaped house built of brick with lots of glass windows lovely chimneys Um, it's very much that elizabethan style manor house What are some of the events that you have to, I I know you touched on it a little bit, like Christmas fairs and afternoon tea, but what are some of the events that Shaw House puts on throughout the year that you help with? So the main business model is actually we're a business and conference center. So Monday to Friday in term time, we operate as a business conference center. We'll have meetings and training here in the rooms, but on the weekends, on some weekends through the year and during school holidays, we open as a heritage venue. So we're open for public openings so people can come and explore. Um, but also we have the events. So we have a spring, summer and Christmas fair. We have outdoor theatre, outdoor cinema, sculpture exhibitions, all sorts going on. And for my, myself and my American friends, term time means, of course, when the, the kids are at school, correct? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So you said you started at a at the, I'm sorry, I don't remember the proper name of the castle, but you started at a castle volunteering. How did you get started volunteering? Um, so it was alongside my studies. So I think an important element of working in heritage is knowing that a lot of the work, certainly at the beginning, that you're going to be doing may well be for free and um, to get the experience both for your 
CV, um, but also for yourself, working out what sort of areas you want to be in. So alongside my studies and my early work at Highclere as a tour guide, I also volunteered at the local museum. I also volunteered at the museum whilst I was studying in Wales. Um, so it's getting that variety. When you volunteer, there's so many different roles you can be involved with that it it really helped me decide and sort of narrow down what area of heritage I wanted to actually work in. So it was really useful to do quite a few volunteering roles. Would you recommend volunteering to anybody that wanted to become involved in a in we don't have heritage property here. I mean, we have something similar, but but anyone who wants to work in a historic building. I would say so, or just heritage in general, because when I started volunteering, I was very much the mindset that I wanted to work in museums, in curation. Um, but actually, through my experience, I decided that I actually liked more of the um the, the tour guide side of things so actually historic house was more suited for me so I could have a play around with the different roles when you're volunteering you can really narrow down what you want to do what areas you want to work in and of course it's amazing to get the experience as well because when you're looking at jobs that's then you've got a nice foundation to say that you have experience in curation or the day-to-day runnings or the event side um hospitality that sort of thing so it just gives a good foundation to then go into work. Did you have, did you pursue any types of uh, certificates or any specializations to help prepare you to work at Shaw House? Um, mainly my degree. So I've got a museum and galleries studies degree. Uh, degree. Um, and as I say, that blended really art history, a bit of history and also curation. Um, but the main focus was, was art history. And I do find that historic houses kind of blend all of those together nicely which is why I enjoy working there so much but I think um, to to work in heritage it's a combination of three factors really it's the qualifications so you know training and curation if you want to go into um, museum work also the passion you need to have that passion because um, you need to be interested there's a lot to learn a lot to do and if you're not passionate about it it's not really going to work but also a proof of skills so that's where volunteering comes in really handy so you it's all very well saying you're passionate or you've got a degree in something but to actually prove that you've put that passion into reality is really important too what are a couple of your favorite features about Shaw House itself oh good question um probably (laughs) yeah too many to mention um Probably in the room I'm sat in right now is called the Oak Room and it's got this beautiful oak panelling behind me. Um, and it's an interesting room to, to, to show to people on a, on a tour because on one side you've got a beautiful big window which has the diamond-shaped glass in, which is the Elizabethan style windows. And then on the other side you've got the updated sort of rectangular glass panes. Um, so it shows how develops have been, developments have been made through the time Um, and the reason they're too different is because on this west side of the house it was very much the servants side so guests wouldn't necessarily see this area so it didn't need to be updated as the other windows did so it just it kind of shows quite nicely the history of the house in one room and you've got the beautiful paneling the interesting windows and it smells lovely in here as well (laughs) are there I'm just curious about this are there many remnants from the original owners aside from the the facade and perhaps some of the windows um 
well, the, the Dolman family who built Shaw House in 1581, they were here for six generations. So it's very much their family home. They'd made their wealth through the cloth trade and they were very intelligent um, businessmen because before the cloth trade went into decline, they invested all their money. They retired from the trade, invested their money into property and into building Shaw House. And they've actually got their cloth mark on um, the above the south porch of the house. So there's little notes towards the Dolman family, certainly in the architecture. Um, but it was later owned by a variety of families, the, the Duke of Shandos, the Andrews family, the Eyre family and the Farquhar family as well. So there's been lots of different families living here through the time. How did it come to be a heritage property? Uh, well, because it's very much a historic house, luckily it's been saved through time. Um, during the Second World War, soldiers came here and it was requisitioned by the war office and then it later became a school but luckily um in the late 20th century funding was found to restore it um, because many historic properties um certainly after the second world war were lost there was too much work to do to them and it wasn't financially viable um so we're owned by the council now and during the restoration it was decided that although it's very much a historic house. It also needed to earn its keep. It couldn't just sort of sit pretty. <laughs> um, so when they were restoring it, they installed a lot more sort of electricity points, um, better lighting, that sort of thing. But they also preserved the historic elements of the building. So that's why we can do the, the dual aspect of the business, really, very much the, the corporate side, but also we're still a historic house. Um, so luckily it was saved in that way and we can open it as a heritage venue still. What are some of your favorite things about what you do at Shaw House? Again, good question. Um, I, I have to say I do love giving tours um, because due to the nature of the house and what it's been used for, as I briefly mentioned, it was a school for about 40 years so at that time, when it was sold in the 40s, it was no longer a family home. So the furniture was lost, the, the paintings were lost. And since then, that hasn't been restored. So the rooms, when you come and see them, they're quite empty in terms of that furniture, but it does allow the architecture to do the talking. Um, but what I do love is giving tours and bringing the, the house to life to people. Um, so pointing out things that they may not have noticed and seeing them get really <laughs> enthusiastic and excited about things. For example, in the hall, um, during restoration, they took down all the panels from the walls, numbered them, restored them and replaced them to where they originally came from. And in doing so, they rediscovered a lot of the Elizabethan fabric of the house. So Elizabethan um, doorways, fireplace, arches, windows, and in the hall, they found a doorway that had a really clear witch mark on. So I like to point things like that out to people because it's so easy to miss it. <laughs> um, so it's good to point things out. So I love, I love that. Um, but really just the variety, generally working in heritage, you get that variety. One minute you're um, certainly at my role at High Clear, it's either catching escapee sheep or doing a tour or pouring champagne or, you know, you get involved with everything. <laughs> So you mentioned a witch mark. And again, for my American friends and I, can you explain to us what a witch mark is? They know that those are not uncommon uh, in England, or at least at one point in time, they were not uncommon. But what is that? And what does it look like? 
Yeah, so they're very popular, especially of the Tudor period. And um, basically, they were carved, especially into beams um, in, in historic houses. They were carved into beams to protect the house from evil spirits. So you see them both in houses and in outer buildings, because obviously the farm element of the house was, was valuable. Um, so they were protecting the outer buildings as well. Um, this one in particular is a lovely round circle with some decoration in. Um, but I think they differ in style, um, probably depending on period. But it's really interesting to look out for. If you're a fan of Tudor buildings, there's bound to be one in the Tudor building that you visit. How did you prepare for your first tour that you gave at Shaw House? Gosh, lots of research. <laughs> Expect the unexpected. Um, I think on, because I, I give talks as well. And at the end, I always say, are there any questions? And you just have to expect the unexpected because there's all sorts of questions fired at you that you can't possibly prepare for. Um, but yeah, obviously, um, I did a lot of research into the house because I wrote the guidebook for the house. So that obviously helped. Um, but you learn as you go, because people will ask you a question that perhaps you hadn't thought about. Um, and then you can go away and research into that. And that can be within your next tour. Um, so it's constantly evolving and developing. Um, and just being, you know, enthusiastic with it. You're, you're sharing the house. You're the representative offshore house so it's lovely just being able to share it with a group really so just trying to feel nice and relaxed it's easier said than done certainly for the first one um but to anyone doing them just just enjoy it <laughs> what do you use for your research materials so as I mentioned I wrote the guidebook and a lot of people who had worked here had done a lot of research into the house but a, a book itself hadn't been compiled so there was a lot of research already here, but I also went to the um, local record office, Berkshire Record Office, to do some research, as well as the local museum. Um, but again, at some of the talks I've given, there's been people there that will have a story or a link to finding out more information. That, that again, the research is continuously ongoing. Um, but yeah, a lot of my research was done with the, the archive that we had here and the local um, the record office and the museum in particular. So turning back to Shaw House's calendar, we are hurtling towards summer now. And I understand that there's some activities that you put on there. Could you tell us about those? Of course, yes. Yeah. So I mentioned we open to the public on weekends. That's from February time through to September. So we're open on weekends now. Um, but also during the school holiday. So that begins sort of late July time on weekdays. Um, but in addition to that, we've got a wonderful sculpture exhibition coming back. That's always really, really popular. There's lovely sculptures out in the grounds. Um, so that really brings the gardens to life. Um, we also have a summer fair taking place on the 17th of July, um, outdoor theatre, outdoor cinema, um, all sorts going on, but also through public opening, we have our Dress for Sure costume exhibition. So there's plenty to see. <laughs> and where are you located? So we're in the south of England, we're in Berkshire, which is sort of midway between London and Bristol, okay. um, if you think of it that way. Do you have a website? We do. Uh, it's If you search West Berkshire Heritage, that, that's our website so that will give you all the opening times 
And you can also book on to the events because our public opening is very much free. You can come and have a look around the house for free. Um, but some of the events you have to book on to. So it's worth having a look at the website. And we'll make sure we pop that link too so that everybody can, can click and check right. out Shaw House. Is there anything else that you wanted to tell us either about what you do or about Shaw House itself? Not really, other than just I hope people are inspired to come visit um, because it's kind of, it's been kind of known locally as a hidden gem mm. um, because unless you, uh, we get a lot of people who went to school here, of course, um, but unless you, you sort of know about us, we're, we're quite hidden really. Um, but it's a lovely venue to come and have a look around. We've got a fabulous exhibition room, a wonderful cafe shop. Um, so it's a lovely, affordable day out. To anyone that wants to come and have a look around and family friendly too I take it right very very much so I'm involved with the children's activities and we've always got trails around the house out in the grounds and we've got an activity room as well that I love decorating it's a woodland theme at the moment with trees everywhere so it's great <laughs> Sarah what other advice do you have for us um, probably a big thing would be to not be deterred by rejection um, because roles in the heritage sector um, rarely come up, you know, it's, it's, they're quite limited and people tend to stay in them for quite a long period of time. Um, so there's a lot of competition for roles. So that's why I guess volunteering is really important to show that it, you've got a passion for it and you've got some experience as well. Um, but even if a role you're not successful in getting a role then perhaps ask for feedback and that's always useful um to then take you forward to the next interview um but yeah that it just shows that and also the power of social media you know get some connections there follow people that are in roles that you'd like to see what they're doing day to day to see whether you actually want to do that role or not and just to get an interest in what they do um and also building up your own sort of network um but yeah just don't be put off if you don't get that one role um there'll there'll be another role out there but just build up your portfolio in the meantime that's great advice one of my very favorite sayings is that greatness takes time absolutely yeah i like that (laughs) it's very true well sarah thank you so much for your time today and for coming and telling us more about what you do how you got to where you are and about shaw house Again, everyone, this is Heather Darcy with Hands on History from Tudor's Dynasty. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.